Yeah. Good. Good, good, look, good. Look at how quickly that all came together. Surprising, really, if I'm honest. Good good for us. Times we're good at shit. I, um, speaking of not being good at shit, um, <laughs> I, uh, I just, I was reflecting, you know, I just got the episode 10 out. We had a nice, you know, six day turnaround on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, got really excited, really took care of it the, these first few days and then, uh, found the perfect song. Really happy with the song that's in there. I'm going to listen mm. to that band on my way home. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And then I was reflecting, and I realized I did not put the the uh, the plug drop at the beginning in there, which we had done for most of the season. Oh, I think that's okay. I know it's it's fine. I just like the consistency of it. I like having it in. It's a nice little breakup, a nice little uh, intro. You know? Yeah, totally. That's funny. Um, it's uh, well, you know, it's like harkening back to the old days. Is what it's what it's doing. You know? How so? Well, to not have the the plug is to harken back to the oh, OG it, episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think we we finally got a nice one there with your with your jingle. It's it's catchy. Good. Um, <laughs> good. <laughs> should should probably clap. Oh yeah, we didn't clap last time. Not in the first one. In the second one, we did. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. Thank you for listening to 2928. We are a semi-weekly podcast presented by two friends. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can find us at 2928.digital, which is where you'll find our entire back catalog of episodes. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email us at 2928.digital at gmail. You can follow us on your preferred socials, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Please tell a friend, and if you enjoy what you hear, take the time to rate and review. It helps us find new listeners. And once again, thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. a lot of bullshit you got your car talk out of the way nice um, yeah yeah right i got my car talk out of the way it told you, you the got, good story you got your most recent car talk out of the way it was pretty mm-hmm. comprehensive yeah okay good we touched on some other stuff mm-hmm. we were i was getting really into a, a conversation i was super interested in right before i got called away in the first mm-hmm. half of it about algorithms mm-hmm. um, but i don't know if that's something worth revisiting now or maybe for another time well, I do want to say something about that, which is like I, um, I don't. Again, I really don't remember what I talked about um, last week, but I will say that you are recording. I've, yes, I am recording. Okay. What I've noticed as of late, which is sort of interesting and unique, I think maybe not unique, but just something that I've noticed recently that i hadn't noticed before 
is the algorithm's insistence on it being correct. So that's obviously my um, my interpretation of what what's happening, right? That's how I'm I'm personifying the algorithm, and that comes across as insistence. So what I mean by that is I will feed it, obviously, some stuff. And it gives me a lot of the same shit and whatever. But sometimes I'll check something out and I'll look at someone's profile maybe or I'll watch a couple of videos and then I won't follow that person. But within a month's time usually like three weeks to a month, I'll get that person's stuff again. And it does it in a way that's almost tricky. Like, I don't know if it picks or if it realizes that it's catering to maybe a different side of that creator. So I'm seeing newer videos from that creator and they're different than the original content that I liked back then, like let's say a month prior, but I didn't follow. Like it was good enough for a like, it wasn't good enough for a follow, but they're giving it to me again because they're like, but but you really li- you like this. You like this guy, right? Like, you like this guy, right? And it's it's so creepy because I won't notice unless I go deep enough in the videos and notice the video that I had remembered that I had liked a month or two ago. How so, many video how many videos a day do you think you 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 consume on TikTok? There's a limit. I mean on average, what would you expect from your worst days to your like to your uh, infrequent days? What do you what do you, what are you what are you putting down over there? I'd say infrequent days, um, I might look at like 10 videos a day and like on like the heavy, heavy hitter days, maybe I'll look at 50 videos, but like, so if you, you know, if you go a month of watching, call it 30 videos a day, uh, I guess you could, you could pile on a bunch of content and creators that you would forget the ones that you did like they don't make that substantial an impression on you well there's something between like liking a a video like liking singularly uh the content and like liking it to the point where you want to follow that person now the algorithm is so good that it feeds you only content that you want to follow like it gets so so is is, li- is liking like the equivalent of applause? Like you you clap for people that oh that I was fine. You know you'll yeah. clap for buskers. You'll you'll clap for comedians. You'll clap in a live performance. Um, but you're not necessarily going to go to that performer's shows if they come to town. You just totally clap to clap. Totally a like okay. can be a throwaway. A like can be I do enjoy this content. Um, so I bet other people treat it differently than I do, but I do. I'm very fluid with my likes. Um, there are some creators that, no matter who they are, 
I'll like it before I even watch the video because I know I like that creator and I want to support that creator. So there are times when it's like I see the content, maybe I don't even want to watch the video, but I appreciate what that person's doing so much that I might like it and then not watch it. Hmm. But like there are people like um, there there are just there are creators who are doing stuff that is um, stuff that I couldn't do or stuff that I wouldn't do, stuff that I don't have the balls to do, you know, stuff that I um, you know I might I might try something and if it gets me. Like, I think I told you months ago when I, like, made some sort of, like, half Fox News sort of Trumpian post, and I had to bail on it in, like, under 12 hours. I had to just put it as friends only because it was getting the wrong attention. The wrong attention meaning people you didn't want to debate? People I didn't I didn't want to engage with, like— right the wrong side of TikTok and I didn't want the wrong side of TikTok to find me so I like staying on the right side of TikTok or on my side of TikTok well does so then are those people because you know assumption would be those type of people would be looking in their own echo chamber but I'm assuming that those people also love to watch uh you know, libs make fools of themselves by saying things that they they 100% know they aren't going to, going to agree with, but they just want to get their hackles up. You know, they want to they want to get angry at something. So maybe it's being fed to them because they're just following other anti fox shit just to you know see what the enemy's up to. Yeah, I think they I think they do that. I think that's a thing. But I also. I think in this because it seems like it seems like an easy solve if 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 they're able to have their own personal kind of corral of what they like fed to them. There are people on that side who will will seek out. Um, they will seek out the other side just so that they can be that person in the that that thorn in the comments, like they will do that on purpose if that makes sense yeah no i mean that's just that's this the uh intersection of fucking political are, trolls i guess yeah totally and and there are also people who do you know there are people who do there are people who have done like specifically like fake accounts just so that they could experience the other side and then bring it back to like that is content within itself like they experience the other side like opposition research like they do like a new account and they'll do like this like vaguely sort of like you know um you know uh like the bruised flag they'll do like They'll do that whole like what's the, genre. What's the bruised flag? The bruised flag is the the black and blue. It's bruised. It's the beat up flag. And that's not what that's not what that is. What are you talking about? That's what I call it. I call it the bruised flag. No, it's that's, beat up. 
That's that's the fucking it's, thin blue line. That's the cop flag. It's the flag. flag. Yeah, it's, yeah, the cop flag that got the shit beat out of it. That's why it's black and blue. It's the wrong colors. It's an idiotic flag. No, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. I've just. I call I, it the bruised flag. Okay, I, I can get on board with that. That's just my nomenclature for it in my head. But it's like. It's just like you you do that sort of content and you live within that sort of world. And then you bring that content back as content. And that shit's super scary. And like, I don't want to be part of that. And I don't even, I can't even, I don't have the, I just don't have it in me to engage in that. Do you know what I mean? At all. Yeah. On a 4th of July weekend, I saw a truck that was towing a flatbed that had a dune buggy in it. You paused what? What? What did you say? You you could hear me when I say I paused it? Yeah. All right, so I don't got mute. I don't have mute anymore. That's fine. I guess. Sorry. You were saying something. Was I? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh talking about oh yeah dune buggy on the back of a flatbed right Mm -hmm. and it had full-size bruised flag flying on one side (laughs) and and then on the other side (laughs) guess what what flag was on the other side of the dune buggy um something that doesn't make sense so like don't tread on me fourth of july weekend bruised flag dune buggy and then the mexican flag What? Yeah, right? That's weird. No, that just doesn't make any sense. That's it doesn't, a, that's, add, doesn't add up. doesn't even begin to... It doesn't enter the equation together. I mean, I guess... I, I, I mean, there's obviously a cross-section of everyone. You can, you can... It just seems like a bold move to mix that one uh, thought group in with a nationality that they probably don't like so much so maybe just maybe hear me out maybe that's their tactic to align with them so that they can like maybe those are the actual bad mexicans i mean he's probably just a a conservative mexican i would think yeah but hmm Oh god, know. that's strange. Right? It really it, it it made me it gave me pause for a second. I was like, really had to think about things. That really It's kind of amazing actually to think about. I don't know, I'm just thinking that maybe they uh if you if you have a truck that waves that blue bruised flag, right? The black and blue. Uh-huh. The beat to shit flag. It if does that mean that you're exempt from getting pulled over because you have that flag? I think Does that's it... what they go for. I think they go for like that's their their the new uh, benevolent brotherhood of police officers bullshit or yeah that you carry a card around and it says you donated or my son's a cop or some bullshit like that. Oh, we still do that up here. I have I have one of those stickers sitting on my computer that I've never put on a car. Um. Mostly because I'm white and bald and old, so I don't really need one of those stickers on a car anymore. 
Um, All right, give me two seconds. I'm going to be right back. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not pausing or anything. All right. Why does my mute not work? Fuck. Okay. All right, you're back, huh? Yeah. Quiet on set. Quiet on set. Where, where are you? The kitchen. Yes. That's okay. You can you can have some dish noise. It's fine. All right. Um. Yeah. So you were saying. What was I saying? Uh, something about bruises and flags. Bruises and flags. It doesn't matter. That was kind of the end of that conversation anyway. I think it was, yeah. So my, I guess, you know, just to jump from one disparate thought to the next one. uh, Before I got interrupted last week, I was trying to get to the idea of who owns and trains the algorithm. Because that's going to end up being what's feeding us information and ultimately shaping our future and explaining the past to us right yeah so it's kind of like the winner the the winner or or, what is it the history is told by the winners type bullshit so it's Uh like from a long line of you know just western whitewashing that's occurred and erasing other cultures from like all through like british imperialism and everything but now it's accelerated through an algorithm so we would need to generate a large enough following so that we could sway what is being recommended to people to spread more or less our internet gospel. Yeah, I mean, unless are, are we on are we on the winning side? That well, I, I I'm I'm saying my sides. I, I would want to be on the winning side of my if my side was the winning side. You know, I right. don't want to be on the side of if it if it just if it's just following like super pop culture teenage bullshit that's happening right now if that's if that's what's informing the the algorithm to recommend things for everyone that's going to be like bad i mean there's a lot of like this like hyper consumption that that happens it changes it changes a lot of how people view things and i think um everything becomes um everything is less valuable right there's like very little value in physical stuff or even in digital stuff there's just like less value in general what are you talking about there's something about like the fact that you're not striving for knowledge or you're not going out and like like going out to inform yourself about a topic like you you don't seek the topic out the topic finds you you're saying in this in this day algorithmized world okay Mm -hmm. and so i think it's easier for people to like send themselves down this rabbit hole of you know if you are predestined or like 
you know, let's say you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer, right? To begin with. And we got a lot of those in this country. There are places that with you put you give the input as like pretty base it might send you somewhere down the road right that is really kind of not where you would have ended up anyway like you might have ended up totally normal totally good and a nice person but because your inputs lead you down this dark path of whatever the hell it is just this none of it makes any sense by the way like well okay i mean if we take a step back from the current algorithm fucking force feeder that we have the youtubes and the tiktoks and and understand that those are probably just the mechanisms in which they're teaching and training and refining the algorithm once mm-hmm. that gets applied to actual uh you know, I, I have to imagine it's been 20 years since I wrote a paper and I had to use like the MLA citation process and all of that. Right. But I have I have to imagine like they wouldn't allow Internet articles as citations back then. And, you know, there was it, like Wikipedia was just beginning and no one knew what it was. You know, I have to imagine at this point all papers are written with hyperlinks and citations to papers that are online and things like that right like that that's probably yeah. occurring in most schools yeah because we're only a few years apart and i what i had to do was i had to use a majority of non-internet but if i did use like let's say i used a 25% of my resources could be cited as from the internet, but in most cases, those internet resources had to be they had to be um, they had to have their own citations that were based on books, I guess, or based on at least a scholarly work of some sort. You know, or at least the person who was publishing right, even, had to be. Even when you were writing, when when you were doing that stuff in school, the internet was like, was still very different than what it is right now, as far as access oh, to all oh, all pub, all published works, all journals, all magazines now being available online and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if everybody's using that as their resource rather than you know a public library card and everything, and mm-hmm. everybody's using Google to search that then when Google starts, and probably already has, u- utilizing the algorithm that's been refined by the blockheads at YouTube, on YouTube, not the blockheads at YouTube, because they're very smart at YouTube, I imagine, but the blockheads <laughs> on YouTube, then that's going to completely sway either the access to all available resources and things that may be very viable and good, but go against what the majority of the people grab can only be found on, you know, search page 17 and not, you know, search page one. Mm-hmm. Then the people who are writing those, that side of the argument and that side of the belief system and those theories are definitely on the losing side of the algorithm. That's probably true. 
So even regardless of however Google determines who's the top hit on things or having troll farms spam certain websites to either bury people or to lift them to the top search results, once that algorithm takes hold, it's going to be the people who fed that algorithm will be the ones who, who reap the benefits of it. And who do we think the, do we think this is like machine learning based kind of stuff? Like that there's an initial input and that machine learning takes care of the rest of this? I like, I mean, like we we had touched on just briefly before, it's like machine learning is going to get you a certain point, but we still need to be able to teach irony and context and nuance so that we can refine it from just being a word search. But also, what's the parameters for the machine learning? You know, what, what are the criteria that they're setting so that this machine can learn, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I have absolutely no faith that the powers and money that be for the people who are spearheading this. Mm-hmm. I, I have no faith that they're doing what's in the best interest of the actual uh, mass population. No, of course they're not. They're doing it for, you know, data mining, uh, information, for being able to amass all this information so they can sell the information. They're doing it right, so but that it's they not, can sell it's you not even, goods. It, it's not even for that short term. Like, that's the immediate thing. But it's also leads to the control for the next century, you know? Being able to basically rewrite how people are learning, how they're going to school, how they're writing their papers, the things that they're being brought up to believe in. Like shit like in the last 10 years, how much how much have you learned about the world that was never covered in actual history class, you know? So, okay, that's the perfect question you could ask me. There's this guy on TikTok who's a history professor in the South. And he is like to the nth degree. We we have covered in the past that the South are losers. So I want to preface this story by saying it's possible he's a loser. It's possible. I don't know where he's from. But I do know that he's like fighting the good fight. Like, this guy is basically, like, no stone goes unturned in my history class. I think he teaches high school history. That's the other part that's fucking insane. But suffice to say, the guy goes deep, and he talks about stuff from Civil War era times. He talks about sharecropping. He talks about... um. 40 acres and a mule he talks about like all this stuff that like was touched on maybe in terms of the the whole his whole like premise and his whole like history um and he's a white guy right he's just like some some like guy our age who's wicked into history and he just got really into black history because the way he says it is black history is american history it's not a separate history it is 
part of us. Like we don't exist as the country we are right now without the depth and breadth of black American history that we have had. And he basically goes through and talks about all of these, you know, instances. He talks about like black flight to urban areas in the north. And like, I've always thought about that. Like, why? Like, we never covered that. And I never knew about it. But like, why do urban areas like Harlem and Detroit and Chicago, places up north, all have dense black population like why is that how when did that happen and this guy talks about all of those things um right and so it's dark it's dark so dude he's so he's covering all of this which is a very large portion of american history that a lot of what you said we touched on as just talking points and stuff and like ap history and everything like that but yeah. you don't go into nearly as much detail as you do through like the, you know, the Franco-American War or, and the French or the French and Indian War and and all that stuff. Like I mean, it's it, it's definitely white American history that that we grew up on, and that's a school curriculum, and that's mm-hmm. created by the school district, which is you know in its own way, I'm sure lobbied by whatever textbook giants or local politicians that you know might be more conservative or less conservative trying to figure out how they want things to be be taught and the rest of it just gets either put by the wayside or intentionally buried it's a it's intentionally buried but i I think it just comes down to the fact that like we just don't talk about it like oh those are things we just don't talk about do you know what i mean well we don't talk about it because how informed are we about it but how informed are we? We should have been informed. From, like, like this is the the same that's, thing with the. That's the crux. That's like that's the crux of the argument I'm making. So they did that on a peer to peer level in school for the past hundred years, you know. Yeah. But now, but now they're going to have the resources to bury it even before it becomes an option. Like it, they'll be able to shape the way kids are learning history the day that history is being created. Yes. So is it possible to get enough followers to stop that or to shape it in our, not our own likeness, but shape it in a more politically and culturally pleasing way to us and our, probably a lot of our listeners lean, you know? I mean, the truth is we're already fucked and we're going to fork and we've already forked and the fork is already behind us. What do you mean forked? I mean it like there's a base a base level and the fork is behind us and you and I I hope are on the good side of the fork where truth matters and fake news is bullshit and there are no thought police and this is not utopian fake anything and on the other side of the fork is all of the crazy right-wing neo-nazi white supremacist religious insane people who want white america to prevail as white america without any true history without any um you know without all this fucking you know like it's just 
I think we're on a fork already. And you or I, you and I are on this trajectory with many, many, many others. And our reality is real. And even our reality is slightly not real. Because in a way, you need everyone together <laughs> to actually make the reality real. But I think that there's something to, you know, even this, this it, it has already happened. I guess what, what you're saying, I'm trying to tie in what I'm saying, which is like the historical part of it is it's already been going on for so long. Like, right, that's what I'm saying. That, that, that's what I've, I've said. It's it's it, that's how things have been going, and now those people who have been doing that are now in control of steering the next wave of that, which can be mainlined and injected to everyone's internet feed immediately. So it's not even going to be ten years of school before you 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 know are learning all this and reciting all this. It, it's immediately what you're picking up as soon as you open your TikTok page or your YouTube page, or watch your streaming service or anything like that. And with and with any hope, we get these people like this guy, this history guy, who's just insane. I mean, and I really should send you this shit. It's ridiculous. But he talks about so many things I've never even heard of. And he interviews people, and he says, what, what, what did your parents teach you about this? And it's always like him interviewing someone and, you know, or him talking to, to, to someone and the, that person saying it was a massacre, like they fucking killed my people. And like, I'm a survivor of that brutality, you know. And this is these are not stories we heard, right? And, and I don't know if it's because of like all of those things. It's like we didn't know about it because no one talked about it because people suppressed it and people hid it and there's just like there's like a lot more stuff that's coming out now because it's like 2021 is so information rich i guess and it just i guess in the end it's basically like the matrix it, you can go seek out the truth and go seek out reality if you want to. It's kind of no different than the Matrix, right? It's the same. It's the same philosophical concept. A lot of the the buzzwords and the uh, the catchphrases that you're uh, you've thrown out the last <laughs> few minutes to describe <laughs> this are I normally hear equated to like the Q people. <laughs> so I know that's not the side that you're 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 siding on but your language is running parallel to their talking points like in what way matrix references and uh oh god i can't remember oh about the the matrix is usually referred to as like a philosophical thing and not necessarily like I'm gonna. It's I'm gonna. Reality. I'm gonna listen back, and and there was a string where you were talking, where it's like you said like four buzzwords, and I was like, this is, I've heard all of these used for for MAGA people. It's been, it, it's odd to hear it used against them. <laughs> I think maybe that's the the that's the whole point, right? Is that they use certain language, 
because they want to claim that language and it they don't deserve to claim any of that language because that stuff is used in proper discourse so it's it's just interesting to me that this suppression of information has existed for so long And it kind of sucks to be, you know, whatever, 35 years old in America and to be continually and I suppose continuously learning about the history of America. And in a way, that's the history of man, too. It's like the history of just humans. And we're on this, like, self-destruction fucking course to just completely wipe out our race entirely. And as someone said um, recently when discussing the, the Fermi paradox, um, which is the paradox of if mathematically why if mathematically there should be like tons and tons of alien life why haven't we contacted any of them right that's the Fer that's the fermi paradox or why haven't they contacted us or whatever like why haven't we met aliens at this point if you know time is infinite and um the the, the galaxy is like nearly infinite and you know like that kind of shit it's like, how have we not made contact yet? It like doesn't make sense mathematically. Someone said recently, I saw this, it was just so interesting, but he was talking about the Fermi paradox and he said, you know, what's probably most likely is that any time that life develops, exists, becomes intelligent, becomes kind of like all knowing and like, basically a self-destruction process starts to just take place basically and the guy noted like you know nuclear warheads and like all these numbers and just said hey you know just for the record in the last hundred years we've gone from none of these to this <laughs> you know it's like how many countries have nuclear warheads yada 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 and you really think about stuff like that like oh that's true you know plus um climate change and shit like that where we are basically pushing our own mass extinction with effectively no one giving a fuck because we're all selfish question mark and we only care about ourselves and we only care about the present because the present is the only thing that we know With all that said, trying to shape your own reality to make it seem nice makes sense. Like, I'm not going to argue that people have chosen the path of 
trying to forget forget the atrocities of history and trying to teach only the good you know like like we we picture the puritans coming over and having a thanksgiving with the native americans when in fact down in virginia or whatever the first colonies who actually landed here were so ill prepared to be on this continent that they ended up multiple times you know basically slaughtering all of the native americans so that they could have the food that the natives had cultivated you know because they were fucking going hungry because they were again ill prepared to be here and it's like you don't hear about those histories you don't like we don't talk about that shit because that's depressing But what do you what do you see? You see Plymouth Rock, and you see statues of John Smith, and everything that's been being torn down in the past five years by you Pocahontas, know, the liberal the fake left, fucking is, stories. Is like all the people putting statues up of the conquering Anglo, White, Saxon, whatever, and then you hear, start hearing about residential schools that have been operating in Canada, and I'm sure in the U.S. too, up until like 1997, and they're finding hundreds and hundreds of of uh, indigenous student body in bodies in the back of, of the schools. So mm-hmm. it's not something that happened and then stopped and then everybody forgot about it. It's something that happened and then the people who want like had the most force to put up the statues and teach that history and force their religion and schooling on the other group of people. So if that happens over you know, a 200-year span, a 300-year span. What's going to happen? It may not. It may not be as violent on the nose, but the history and the power that's going to come of it is going to be so streamlined because they can do things like not giving poor neighborhoods and rural neighborhoods access to high-speed broadband. So now they can't contribute to the algorithm and they can't access any of the data to change any of the facts. So all the facts and all the news articles are going to be generated and geared from the actual affluent white neighborhoods of people who have classically have access to the better school systems to begin with. They're just digitizing all of the white flight and gentrification that's physically in the world on a digital scape now. So the internet is now becoming, you know, the equivalent to imperialism and colonization i think yeah definitely but 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 what do we do with that information that we're now getting that we otherwise wouldn't have you know like what is the like there's something there's something there where we're pulling in this information that we otherwise wouldn't have had right there's got to be some some value there that we can extract that we can yield and turn that into something more you know we i feel like like history guy and like you were ta- i someone else was talking about the the indigenous bodies and stuff like that and it's just like women and children it's like it's not even like it's crazy you know and this is in Canada, Well, right? it was in the U.S. as well, and I think there was a whole rash of, uh, uh, I think, like, 
juvenile black schools and stuff too from the from the 50s and 60s in Florida where something similar was was actually going on as well but it's it's just you know it's it's 20th century uh, uh, inquisition the the Catholic Church and you know the white Catholic Church is enforcing their edict that white Christianism is superior so get rid of anything that's not white and Christian. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that's ironic about that, which I think you're right. I think you're dead on. I think that's true. I think that's the goal. The irony of being uneducated, okay, there in this particular case, is that diversification makes everything better. Always. This is like statistically a thing. Diversification in your office, diversification, you know, in genetics. Like this, this, this makes the human species prevail. And yet, for some reason, some insane reason... We think that inbreeding and keeping a bloodline is advantageous. And it is just, it's a preposterous lie that these people tell themselves, I guess, or they miseducate themselves about. So, do you see the irony in this? Like, (laughs) <laughs> like it, it, it's it's mind blowing to me. Well, no, but I mean, the people who believe those things also share a, a baseline of beliefs that are rooted in, you know, white Christianity. Like that's the root of all of the belief system leading up to it. So the people who are against, you know, interracial existence and mixing of their gene pools and stuff like that. It's rooted more in their superstitious belief and their racist and ethnocentric beliefs uh, that are that have been pressed for the last two centuries by the Catholic Church and whatever crazy monarchy there was. It's so sad that I like I'm related to all these people. Like I thought about that today. I thought about like I'm related to all these people who are just like wicked into Catholicism, wicked into like just like this like how is how are we at in twenty twenty one and we don't see religion for what it is, which is just like no different than Lord of the Rings. It's a story. I don't I I stopped trying to figure that out a long time ago. It's but but it's but it's, so, it's it's so absurd. But it's more pressing now than ever. We are in a time where and 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 Scientology and 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 Joseph Smith. It keeps happening. Yeah. I think there there's... are enough dumb fucking people in the world. This episode is called We Hate Religion. Don't listen to the show if you believe in religion. But like 
mean, <laughs> like, no, no, they should listen to this show if they believe in religion. And then hopefully, you know, they'll start questioning it. Even though we can't make a coherent point and we're probably just paraphrasing a lot a lot more smarter people that we've seen on YouTube, my, my general thesis is I'll, I'll stand up against, you know? There's a girl I've been following on TikTok recently, and I don't know if I mentioned this in the last in the last episode. I don't I don't really mean for this show to become like the I follow this person on TikTok show, but it is because um, that's like all I do anymore now. This is is so shitty because like uh like half a year ago, right? Maybe even let's say a year ago, I was like, what the fuck is TikTok? And I didn't give a fuck, and I didn't I didn't want to know. And I realized that if I put myself in the correct version of TikTok, minus the part that, like, you know, is, like, the clickbaity part, we'll forget about that. But um, I get fed a lot of redhead material. Um, so there's that. But the good side of it is I also get fed, like, this proper stuff that's like totally in my wheelhouse which is like people there's this there's this girl who is in michigan maybe or minnesota or something and she left the lds church like six months ago she like quit her job which was like corporate and like maybe even lds related or something even though they were like whatever i it seemed like maybe they were even doing good for the world or some shit like it was like uh, anyway doesn't matter but she was like my job's stressful and sucks and it's like this like my religion is fucking controlling and sucks and there are all these like these like inside like tiktok jokes which is like i started the pandemic and then i was bored and i joined tiktok and TikTok made me realize that I'm like, you know, like, uh, I'm actually queer and like bisexual or like whatever. There's like all these like jokes, like kind of about TikTok and people are like, they do these like videos and they're like, oh, well, I entered um, the pandemic straight, had a corporate job and, you know, like. I thought I was happy and I left the pandemic and I like divorced my husband and found out I was gay actually and like quit my job which was shitty and now I have a farm and it's like that's like the the gist of it but it's that story times a thousand probably a hundred thousand but it's all very interesting because these people are out soul searching and they're out trying to like find themselves and it sucks because these people are all in like their 20s and stuff and like we're in our 30s and it's like i don't know if we found ourselves but we definitely know i think i think we we know what we don't want out of life at this point you and i i'm just speaking for you right here but like i think roughly we know what we don't want right and that kind of is important and i think that shapes more of your understanding of the world than anything it's like i know what i i hate and that's an important detail but like do i know exactly what i love i'm not sure 
and I'm still not sure. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think I follow. <laughs> it's just like, but this this girl who's like doing her like she's she's doing she's like doing some sort of like camping trip and shit, and I don't know. It's uh, it like makes me think. It just gives me hope for the world, I guess. It gives me hope for these people who were unfortunately born in this religion or born in a place where, like, they can't leave. And do you remember... um, Do you remember Noah's girlfriend in Portland? Uh, no. The super tall girl? Oh, that Noah, yes. Yeah. She was... I don't know if it was LDS, but I know she she left a church. Yeah. And that was like she like grew up with like 10 siblings and shit and like what's the Utah church? I really don't even remember. They're Mormons, I guess. So that, she was Mormon. Mormon. And she left and I just I always think about her in like Like I, I think about her, you know, smoking weed, being like I have OCD, and just being like I'm self-medicating with this, you know, with this shit, and it's like that's so fucked up. And she even like was comfortable enough then. This is ten years ago, right? This is twelve years ago, right? Um, no, it's eleven years ago. It was like even then she had like the ability to explain and be like this is why i do this and like this is this is how i'm trying to fix this or this is trying this is how i'm trying to cope i guess and i think there's a lot of people in the world who who are trying to cope you know what i mean with with their situation and 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 the deck of cards that they were dealt and i think that like people like you and i are pretty lucky I gotta send you this shit. I gotta send you these. I'm gonna start sending you. I'll, I'll keep it out of the um, the group text. I'll, I'll send them just directly to you when they're like important. <laughs> You're gonna hate it. You're gonna hate this shit. I look forward to it. Can <laughs> oh, we? Uh, can we both agree that the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers logo is probably the best logo in baseball? Huh? Easily, easily the best logo of sports american i would say it's the best logo of american sports period it's so perfect man it's perfect i was trying to think what other like the expos was really cool too the expos is good but it's in the same vein right the thing about the brewers logo and i guess they're both m's the thing about the brewers logo is that it's not obvious Right. It's like the it's right. like the negative it's like the negative space FedEx logo. Yeah. You know, it, works, how do you... it works so well as the image that, that it's it that it's shaped into that you don't even notice right off the bat that it's an M B, you know? Yeah, I don't think you notice it almost at all. I think you can go as a kid I didn't notice it at all. I went years before noticing it as a child. Like, I think I must have been 15 or 16 before I saw it. But I didn't understand that that was a possibility. 
Same thing with the 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 Islanders logo. I mean, even though the Islanders logo isn't good, I didn't understand that the hockey stick was a Y. Like, I drew the hockey stick, and I didn't know that was part of the Y. There's some kid trying to buy my wheels, and he's texting me right now. Which ones? The wheels that are literally on my car. Like, I'm selling the wheels off of my car. Which car? The wagon. And those came with a second set, right? Yeah, I have two sets of wheels. Um, One is a set of 16s. I have this kind of, like, problem with... It's like an... I don't know how to describe it. When you when you've lived through the car thing for as long as I have, and you like what you like, it's like very exciting to accessorize. It's like getting the perfect pair of shoes. It's like I love Birkenstock Arizonas; they're all I wear. So I like look forward to buying a new pair of Birkenstock Arizonas, even though I do it only every five years, which is crazy to think about. I should do it way more often than five years. But I don't need them more often than five years because they last that long. So getting a new pair of wheels for me is weird because I always want to go aesthetically. Like I, I think I see the car in a state and I see it. And then I see what I have and I always want to go one inch bigger for no reason except for I can. So even though it will probably be worse ride quality because effectively you're you have to run a lower profile tire and you have to um, affect then that effectively gives you like less give of rubber like you have less sidewall rubber to like give you play there. So in effect you're your ride will be compromised based on less physical rubber around the tire. But the look is so good. So you just you, you just might as well play the game. So anyway, there are so many wheels that are really, really like nice for um, newer Volkswagens. They make all sorts of different ones and whatever. Um, so anyway this kid's texting me about buying the 17s so I can buy a set of 18s the end I'll send you photos you'll love it why don't, why don't you just sell the ones that weren't on the car so then he has oh, those I'm selling, I'm selling those too it's actually asinine what I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going to sell the set of 17s, which have summers on them, and I'm going to sell the 16s, which have winters on them. And I'm just going to size up in both camps. So I'm going to buy a set of 17s and put snows on them, and I'm going to buy a set of 18s and have, hopefully, they'll come with, like, nice summer tires. So all I'll have to do is buy winters. But even though I already have 16s that are winters and 17s that are summers, okay yep but it's because I want to be able to accessorize I want to be able to make the car look the way I want it to look and I feel justified because I spent not too much on the car 
I'm also going to tune the car because I finally went through an entire tank of fuel because we went camping last weekend. So I went tank, tank camping with the family. Nice. And yep. And finally put a whole tank of fuel through the car, which gave me the base MPG and all that kind of the statistics that I wanted for the car. Now I can justify basically chipping the car and paying 650 bucks for a software tune. Because it'll give me better MPG, better range, and more power without modifying any of the shit. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm happy for you. <laughs> like, I don't know if I would have done it had I spent like 12 grand on a car. You know what I mean? I understand. Yeah. Like what I was about to do. I don't think I would have ever tuned to the car if I spent that much money on it, had a loan on it, yada, yada. But since I fucking bought the car outright for seven grand, which is like ridiculous that I was even able to do that, you know? Now I feel like I can tweak it and like tune it and have fun with it. So. Oh, also I got the fucking car detailed and I got it back yesterday. Holy shitballs. Good work. Paying someone $200 to clean the absolute shit out of the interior of your car is like maybe the best money I've ever spent. Yeah. I I can't think of better money, to be honest. Like the car is so epically clean right now, and I have before pictures, it was just it was disgusting. The guy must have had like seven dogs. And I went camping and my dog was in the car the whole weekend and got hair everywhere. After or before it was cleaned? Uh before it was cleaned. Ugh, you went. So you went. You took the family camping in a dirty ass car. Come on, man. Yeah, I did. I did it. That one seemed to care, but it was gross. And now it's gorgeous. And now no one's allowed in it. Now I'm never gonna let any person in my car ever again. Basically, that's crazy. <laughs> I've, I don't think I've ever seen a clean a clean Lopez car. Dude, it's. I gotta send you pictures. It's just, it's just epic how clean the fucking car is right now. It's like, it's impossible how clean the car is right now. And they, they, I only paid for the interior, and they like, I, I tipped them too because I like felt bad about how much shit was in the car. Well, so I, I mean, like you left. Should, a f- you, it's a, that's, you should be tipping on that. There's not a reason not to tip on that. Yeah, like I, but I left a good tip. Like I left a very generous tip on this, on this clean, right? is still under $200, which is ridiculous. So I left a good tip. They they washed the outside of the car, too, because they were like, this car's filthy. We can't even let this car leave here without doing the outside, too. So anyway, I got that car back yesterday. Fucking A. It's amazing. I, I still haven't put the I still haven't put the mats back down, the, the rubber mats back down, because the car was still like... I was letting it breathe a little bit. I was, you know, 
had the windows open, letting the, the like, you know, chemicals evaporate and shit. Airing it out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. How did we do? Was that a was that a episode of uh, that was comprehensive in any fucking way? I feel like it's a uh, a, a downer episode. I I worry I worry that we come off a little sanctimonious and uneducated on it, but I feel like our heart's in the right place. I gotta send you this shit with this guy. It's so amazing. Like this shit I've never fucking heard of, dude. Like they were. There was like black flight to these urban cities and all these white people trying to like kill black people before they left. And what happened was something about like the economy was so fucking built around black farmers mm-hmm. that them leaving, they were realizing, the white people realized that they were so dependent on black farming right this is well after emancipation okay they were so they they didn't realize that they were so that they were they were trying to capture capture people and bring them back it's just it's fucking insane it's fucking insane our country sucks our country has the worst history Humans suck. <laughs> Talk about a downer. Yeah. But, like, this is important to know. It's important to teach this stuff so that we don't, we try really hard not to make these mistakes. Like, everyone can't have, like, everyone can't bully up on just, like, Hitler alone, right? Like, Hitler is the scapegoat of the 20th century right you heard you heard it here first guys lopez uh, says i I don't i'm not going to get into this but you should research (laughs) um, (laughs) you should you should should research the uh the congo free state at the turn of the century the congo free state congo free state from uh, king King leopold ii and the belgians yeah. If you if you really want to see some horrible turn of the century shit that doesn't happen on uh, on American soil, but certainly wasn't helped by Americans, uh, that's some gruesome evil shit. Great.